Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. If you are caring for a person with autism, great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. We hope today's conversation will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. Um, I am vice president here at Autism Spectrum Therapies. We're an organization that's been providing uh, ABA therapy and other supports and therapies to individuals with autism for about 14 years now. We've been uh, doing this in California, Louisiana, Washington, uh, and soon to be uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So we're really excited about that. Um, as you guys know, I'm an ABA guy. I'm a board-certified behavior analyst uh, working with individuals with developmental disabilities, providing behavior intervention, social skills training, adaptive skill training, vocational work for now about uh, 14 years. Um, you know, I, I I was really struggling today trying to, to figure out uh, where to start today's show. I think part of it's because we just did uh, our video blog for the week, and we threw like ten different ideas out there. And sometimes, you, you know, after that, you're like, "Wait, where do I go? How do I start this? What? Sh- how should this be situated?" Um, but uh, but this week, you know, I. I I feel like I've been spending a lot of time focusing in on early intervention. It feels like that's been the big push uh, of, of my actions, of my week, of, of kind of what I've been planning out. And, um, you know, I, I have a lot of different conversations about, you know, how should EI look like? You know, what should an early intervention program look like? What should we focus on? Where should it take place? How much should a child get? You know, and it's, it's some of these conversations that I think sometimes I take for granted because in my little pocket of the ABA world within the autism community here in California, I feel like we've got a pretty good definition. You know, and now I've been talking to people from all over the country, um, and, and most of these conversations were actually with people on the East Coast. And you start to think about, okay, well, what I, what I do is what's part of my day-to-day, what's part of kind of like my given is not necessarily what's part of everyone else's given. And I think that was a, a good moment for me, a good realization or a reminder for me. Um, because in other parts of the country, you know, I, I may be thinking 25 hours is, is the way to start. It's what I want to get for a two-and-a-half-year-old. But that may, may not be how someone else is thinking when whether it be for funding, whether it be through availability, whether it be through just awareness within the community, that's just not an option. That's just not what is realistic. So it's really interesting to kind of like balance that out. Um, you know, the other big conversation piece I've been talking, we talked a lot about is just location. It's do you go to a clinic? Do you do home therapy? How do you control things in the home versus things in the clinic? And it, it, again, it's these, it's these concepts, it's these ideas. You know, speaking to a lot of different people, there's that desire. You know, clinic is, is nice, it's easy, it's warm, it makes us feel good because as a parent, you can drop your child off. As a clinician, I can really control the environment. Um, 
but as we were talking, it just it just reinforced that idea for me. Like I just really love the idea of home therapy. You know, it's it's something that I I didn't get ten years ago when I first moved to California. Home therapy was not in my vernacular. It was not in my ideas. I, I I felt the same way. It's like how in the world would you be able to control all these different things? But now I've been doing it and seeing it. You know, I, I feel like it's got to be embedded almost into every program, whether it be, you know, clinic programs are amazing and, and I believe in them, but there's always got to be a, a parent piece, a home piece. You know, it's just, it's so critical to bring it all together. You know, it's amazing how many times when, you know, you're doing a session and more often than not, for me, my the parents are there, but it's always the mother. It's, you know, the moms are generally the ones who are home with the kids working on the therapy and how many times, you know, the dad comes home 30 minutes early, catches some of the session, and it's like this awareness of, oh, my God, I didn't know my kid could do this. I didn't know we could do this. I didn't know that I could just go in the backyard and do this type of activity. And it's just such a powerful thing to be able to have that, to see it. You know, to be able to put in a routine together where it's literally shown to the parents of this is what you're going to do, this is how it's going to work, and I'm going to model exactly what you need to do versus we're in a office setting where I'm talking you through what to do, and then it's your expectation to go and implement it. I think the power of just being there is so important. And so, you know, as I'm talking to people, I think we all felt that way. It's... You know, the key maybe isn't, is it a home program, is it a clinic program, is is there always that home piece? There's always that element of this is how this could work in your world, in your life, in your home. So it was just a great week of conversations, sometimes getting a little tense for us. Uh, fortunately, it was amongst friends and, and people who I respect and, and I think feel the same way about me, but it was... Uh, but it was uh, a long week of conversations. Um, well, let's get into today's show, going in a, a different direction today, um, in that uh, we're going back to a, a topic that I think you guys now know I really believe in and, and really uh, support, which is really that that recreational side of things, you know, the sports side of things, I mean, and the different just social recreational activities out there and opportunities out there for kids with developmental disabilities because so oftentimes our kids do get left out of that. Um, so today I'm joined by uh, Alessandra Sachs, uh, also known as Coach Alex. And uh, Coach Alex was originally from uh, San Paolo, Brazil, but grew up in the United States and France. She has a master's degree in sports psychology, and her master's thesis was published at the Sports Psychology World Conference in Skados, Greece. Uh, Coach Alex played professional soccer for 11 years on the Brazilian women's national team and has a silver medal from the 2004 Olympic Games, a gold medal in the 2007 Pan American Games, and was inducted into the Brazilian Soccer Hall of Fame in 2005. This summer, uh, Alex created the first ever camp for special needs at Shemesh Day Camp called Ometz, which means courage in Hebrew. Today, she is the program director of KEEN, uh, which stands for Kids Enjoy Exercise Now in Phoenix, and program manager of Playworks Arizona. Alex, welcome to the show. 
Thank you. Good to see you. Um, so, you know, I was really kind of curious, before we talk too much about Keen and this, this really great program, uh, how does an Olympic soccer player uh, playing for Brazil end up in this recreational program um, for kids with developmental disabilities? Well, I uh, moved to Arizona a few years back, and I fell in love uh, with a certain boy um, who was at the time five years old who was in the autism spectrum and just loved working with him. I just, I just It's a passion now for me to work with kids um, with any disability, uh, but autism is always uh, one that I love because sports is so not in their realm um, that it's great when we can get them involved in sports and in recreational programs. So basically it was um, a little boy, five-year-old boy, that um, just touched my heart and opened my mind to this awesome world, and I've been doing it ever since. That's awesome. Yeah, it's. I, I I'm always surprised by when athletes kind of move from athletics into therapy, particularly with the developmental disabilities population. But every time I'm surprised and I hear a story like yours, I realize, wait a second, there's a lot of athletes who now do this. There's a lot of athletes now involved. Like I shouldn't be surprised. It's almost like that stereotype we have of of like jocks. Um, versus the reality of it. Yeah, and you, you have to understand, for me, sports is, is what got me through everything I needed to go through as a child. And so yeah. if I can bring that love that I have for sports to any child, that's what I'm going to do because that is what I'm passionate about. And I believe sure. that sports can connect any kid uh, in any way. And it doesn't have to be a competitive sport. It just could be right. playing a game of cat. So that's mm-hmm. where I come from. Just that passion of soccer and just the passion of sports and physical activity. That's where I come from. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, as a kid growing up on sports, I get it. I mean, my, my one of my best friends still to this day is a guy I met playing, you know, high school football, and, and he's been my best friend ever since, you know, making the team together. So it's it's more than just the sports. It's like the connections you make uh, socially as you're playing sports. So it's it, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, you know, I, now that we've got your background and kind of a little bit about the journey, you know, I, I was curious, you know, if you could share with everybody, you know, what is Keen Phoenix? You know, what is this program? Keen is a uh, nonprofit. Uh, started out in England, uh, came to the U.S. Um, about 15 years ago, and uh, Keen Phoenix opened uh, with the youngest affiliate in 2008. And what we do is we go to certain community centers and start programs that are free recreational two hours, a gym and swim. Mm-hmm where the kids get mm-hmm. to do some um, activity, some kind of recreational sport activity, and then we jump mm-hmm. in the pool and do um, a good hour of swim. Um, they don't wow. learn, know how to swim, but we just do a lot of recreational activities in there. So it's – and we're right now on three sites uh, here in the Valley, 
Um, we have a Tempe site at Escalante Community Center. We have mm-hmm. um, one site at Gompers um, in Phoenix, and then we have one site at the Jewish Community Center in Scottsdale. And it's um, every other weekend. So Tempe goes second and fourth Saturdays, uh, and on Sundays we do first and third over at the JCC. So we get all these kids involved for two hours. It doesn't matter your disability. Doesn't if it can be mild. It could be advanced. This is an opportunity for kids to go and do some recreational sports um, with volunteers. And each child is um, paired up with a volunteer and works with that volunteer um, throughout uh, those two hours. Nice. You know, you, you mentioned the, the swimming piece, and I, and I was curious. Um, you know, we hear so many stories, you know, particularly around the summertime, and, and there's been a lot of tragedy around drownings, particularly when you think about kids with autism, and, and so many kids with autism actually love the water. Um, are, are you guys finding that this is improving just like the overall safety skills and awareness around the pool for the kids in the program? Yes. Uh, that's one of the things uh, we love having the swim component, especially here in Arizona where you can swim almost year-round, is the fact yeah. that the kids get to know um, their environment. Um, they get excited. Some parents are, like, all gung-ho and put their kids in swim lessons after. Um, wow. And so they're really, really um, – it's one of our key components. So even if they don't know how to swim – by the end, if they come consistently, they will be familiar and know what to do in the water. Um, and we, our aquatic director over at the Jewish Community Center, for instance, has worked with kids with special needs, so it's an opportunity for parents to put them in uh, swim lessons. It's just a great, uh, just a great motivational uh, work yeah. that we do in the water because a lot of the kids. Mm-hmm love the water that's where they're going to feel comfortable in so it really works out great that we have the opportunity to have it almost year-round our, our yeah. swim program well that i think that's amazing like you said you know it's this is a motivating place but it's also a dangerous place so you're using something motivating to teach them and you're ultimately teaching them some of the most critical safety skills they can get. So it it seems like a huge value add for this child and for the family. Oh, yeah. And just so you remember, it's a free program. So that's what yeah. we're doing. We're giving you a free program, um, and that's how excited we are. And we give the swim lessons are in a discounted rate. Uh, uh-huh. for any family that's part of Keene and the JCC because we do have a really solid partnership with the JCC. Um, so it just works great. Uh, the JCC, mm-hmm. because of this great partnership, like I said, we had our first um, ever special needs camp, OMETS, this summer. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to expand it next year uh, to 10 weeks and just instead of just two weeks. And also that's where the kids are going to learn how to swim because inside that camp we have swim lessons. So the kids are going okay. to learn how to swim through that, through that program. And this year mm-hmm. we're also opening in October our after-school program where we're putting an inclusion part in it where we're getting kids with any kind of disability into their after-school program. So parents now have another option of taking their kids 
um, to the JCC after school, be it one week or three times a week, to be mm-hmm. included into our program, our after school program. Wow. You know, so you, I mean, these are amazing programs, and, and it's astonishing to me that, that you're able to offer all of this free. You know, how do you guys do fundraisers? Like, how does the money come about to be able to offer all of this stuff? Uh, we uh, we do a lot of fundraising. Um, the JCC has uh, also a lot of scholarships. Um, mm. Our OMET uh, camp isn't free, but it's almost that cost to the parent. Um, our wow. after-school program also is not totally free, but it's almost at cost to a parent. And if they can't mm-hmm. do it, well, we definitely have scholarship opportunities. We have great donors that believe in our cause that uh, step in and help whenever needed. Wow, that's, that's amazing. And so when you, when you think about it, you mentioned that Keen was something that got started, I think you said 15 years ago in, in England. Um, what, how, how did a program like that, you know, how did you guys bring that program to, to Phoenix? Is there uh, a curriculum and a guidebook? It, was it through meeting other people and just being interested in what they were doing? Like, how, it seems like a big transition um, to take something from a completely different continent to America and to Phoenix. Well, it comes through a, a law office um, that partners up. So he brought it to Washington, D.C. Um, that's where mm-hmm. the headquarters are for, for Keen USA. And then okay. uh, Keen USA kind of opens affiliates. Uh, the last one mm-hmm. that they have opened right now is Phoenix. Um, and then they, okay. just, they just build you there, an affiliate, and have a board. The board's very active. It's an active board. And, of course, uh, we have a program director, which is myself, that just right. organizes all the programs that's needed. So that's how basically it opens. You open affiliate, and um, you just start with a recreational programs. Over here they started at Gompers, and then they just grew. Mm-hmm. Uh, the JCC was just added last year, and uh, Escalante Community Center also was just last um, added last year. So we're just hoping to open up to other community centers, let them know our programs. We do a lot of fundraising um, to be able to provide these services. Like yeah. I said, it's all volunteer-driven, so it's every, everybody's a volunteer. Uh, our board members are very active in the community to help us grow mm-hmm. um, this great organization. Outstanding. Well, let's do this. Let's take a quick commercial break, play a couple of ads, and then let's come back and talk a little bit more about the organization and, uh, and a little bit about maybe some of the volunteers as well because I'm, I'm very interested in, uh, in who they are as well. So stick around. We'll be right back. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. At AST, we recognize that every child is unique. We are proud to offer what we believe is the most cohesive approach to supporting your child's needs and goals at each stage. From ABA to speech therapy, occupational therapy, and social skills, We have the elements you need to build the plan that is just right for you. 
One company, one team with one mission to support individuals and their families to dream and achieve their full potential. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-727-8274. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host or today's guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. Uh, joined today by Alex Sachs, uh, Program Director of Keen Phoenix, um, as well as I think I'm almost positive the only former Olympiad we've had on the show so far. Um, you know, we were talking about Keen, and, you know, this is an, an organization that, that's pretty new to me. And so I'm really, I find it really interesting that, you know, when you think about Keen, it's, it, it reminds me of, like, the Autism Society of America, where you've got a national group and then you've got a bunch of different chapters or affiliates across the country. So I think that's really cool. I mean, is there... You've got this national board in D.C. Um, are they, you know, bringing people together, kind of creating different ideas or concepts or maybe issues for, for the affiliates to be aware of or to uh, rally different feedback and ideas from you guys? Um, is, is that kind of how it, it, it works, like in a similar way to some of these other groups? Uh, yeah, um, we're like more of a piloting kind of – it's all about fundraising. Mm-hmm. Each affiliate has to fundraise a uh, certain amount. Got it. Um, now what we're doing uh, with National, and we're working really uh, close with National, is having these after-school programs and camps that aren't free nice. but are at cost uh, to help sure. us uh, uh, have some kind of – a little bit of more uh, resources so we can go out and go to more community centers and, uh, you know, branch out. The valley is spread out so big. We have the West, the East Valley, that we want to make it easy for a parent to drop off their child on a Saturday and not have to drive yeah. one, two hours out of their way. Oh, yeah. So the more community centers we have, the better it is for us to really grow um, that concept and to have something close by for our athletes. Right now, uh, we have about 112 athletes that we serve, um, and we want to we want to grow that. I want to be able to have 300, 400 athletes that we can serve across the valley. So That'd that's be basically amazing. how it works, and and team yeah. really helps us try and and grow, even if it doesn't fit their model plan, which was you know recre- free recreation and fundraising. They understand that each affiliate has a harder way of fundraising. Here in Arizona, not as easy to fundraise. So they're allowing us to maybe do some paid programming that will help us um, increase our revenue. I mean, I think that's great because, like you said, even that cost, I mean, a lot of the programs out there, I mean, I've looked at summer camps for kids with developmental disabilities, and they they can be really expensive. So I I have to assume a a camp that you're charging uh, at cost is still going to be considerably cheaper than some of the programs that I've seen, and, and the same thing with the after-school programs. Oh, yeah. I mean, just so you know, our own mess 
was $275 for four days. I mean, that's wow. almost unheard that's of. That's great. And that's a full day, uh, day camp, which is from 9 to 4. So, wow. yeah, it's, it's, it's wow. to keep it at cost for, for parents. And like I said, if they don't have the money, we do have the scholarship to give them that opportunity. Wow. I mean, that's, that is actually a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> Uh, because uh, yeah, we that's have like good donors. basically we have good donors. Yeah, <laughs> you clearly do have very good donors, uh, <laughs> and and I, I I appreciate what you're saying because I know uh, the Phoenix area. You know, Phoenix is like LA. You could be living in LA County, but it could take you an hour and a half to get to, uh, to another place you're going to within the county. So it's uh, it's a pretty spread out place. So that's awesome that you guys are looking to expand. Yeah. So that's basically what we're doing. We want to expand. I was curious. You know, obviously a big part of expansion is getting good volunteers. Um, Where do you get, you know, where do your volunteers come from? We get them from all walks of life. Uh, We do a lot of uh, fairs, and uh, so we get people volunteering. I get a lot, since we're at the Jewish Community Center, I get a lot of kids that have to do their bar and bat mitzvah projects. Mm. Um, We go to schools, let schools know that we have this volunteer program. So we have three or four private schools that always kind of direct their kids to to team um, because it's it's fun. It's a way of interacting. It's a way of feeling good because you're playing with kids. I mean, how much better is volunteering than getting to play with a kid uh, one-on-one? So basically that's how we get our volunteers. They also go into our database. Uh, we send uh-huh. out reminders of all our programs, and then we okay. hope to get them to RSVP. So basically we go to schools and try and get high school students involved nice. uh, because it's a great way of getting peers also because we really want kids to play with kids. Um, it's yeah. cool to play with an adult, but we want them to play with kids, kids their own age. So. We um, really work hard to try and strive for that. Yeah, that's that's what I was curious about, and I think that's great because you know now you're creating a uh, I think you're creating a great social opportunity for the kids in the program. But I'm I'm got to assume the volunteers come out of the experience gaining so much, and you know having a different understanding of you know kids with autism or kids with Down syndrome or or whatever. Um, type of child they're working with, I mean, they must have a whole different perspective when they're done with the volunteer experience. Oh, yeah, and 90% of our volunteers, 95%, fall in love with these kids. And, um, you know, it's scary at first for a lot of the kids, mm-hmm. for a lot of our volunteers, but then they just see they're kids, you know? There's nothing yeah. to be afraid of. And uh, they just play, and you just have a blast. It's uh, it's great. I love every ask of it. I love having the opportunity to teach our kids today that it, it, it's okay to be different. And mm-hmm. let's, let's just work together in understanding everybody. So it's, it's been quite an experience. Uh, for the high school kids, it's been an eye-opening experience. Um, mm-hmm. And they just love it. And some of them want to stay with the same kid every, every Sunday that they're there. But we try mm-hmm. to get them to, to meet other kids and expand their horizon and not just stay with one kid all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a great experience. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, we talked about wanting to expand. I'm just curious, do you guys, 
you know, as you grow and spread uh, across the valley and looking to do different things, um, are there immediate things on the horizon? I know you, you've kind of talked about you just started some programs, you're adding these after-school things. Um, are there specific things people should be on the lookout for from you guys? Well, yeah, we're, like I said, we're opening in October our after-school program. It's a pilot program at the JCC. And then okay. um, I'm hoping to open one more um, more centrally located uh, community center. Um, hopefully by January we have that. And okay. uh, that's about it right now. The after-school program is our is what's making me excited, but there's a lot of work to be uh, done there to make it structured, wow. to make it fun for the kids. So yeah. um, I'm very excited yeah. for that. Outstanding. Well, if people want to uh, get more information, find more about Keen, if they want to find more about uh, your programs, what you're offering, you know, what's the best way for them to, uh, to find out more about you guys? Just go to our website, uh, which is www.keenphoenix.org, and they can okay. sign up as a volunteer if they want. They can sign their, their kids uh, to be an athlete, and they can get all our information and where we're located. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us about Keen and, and what you guys are doing. You know, it's, I, as I said, I find it to be really hard to find different athletic programs for kids with developmental disabilities. And it's just, it's great to know that there's different options out there because, you know, I think sports is such a big part of so many of our lives. It, it almost, to me, it almost, almost feels like a missed opportunity that we can't share that for kids with developmental disabilities as well. For sure, for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Uh, and, uh, and, and keep up all the great work. Oh, thank you, and um, look forward to hearing this. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Well, we've got a little bit of time left, and, and I wanted to carve out some time just to comment on some things that are going on in our community. You, know, you guys know I'm here in Southern California, and one of the big issues that was brought up just within the last week that's been really kind of everywhere I look online and dialogues, et cetera, is is Medi-Cal, and it is looking like Medi-Cal is going to start covering ABA services for individuals with autism. Big change in, in the way things are structured here, and it, it's going to certainly have a lot of implications, and uh, families in California should be aware of this because it could change how the regional centers are structured, how they fund things, um, what the process will look like. And unfortunately, we don't know these answers yet, but these are the things we should start thinking about. But nationally, you know, Medi-Cal is part of the Medicaid system, and we're starting to see Medicaid in different states providing services. State of Louisiana, Medicaid is providing services. Uh, I know we work with a number of different families um, through that. And there's other states that have passed legislation or are starting to pass legislation or bring these issues up. Just recently, uh, I was forwarded a, a few articles about some rulings in the state of Oregon where federal judges were saying that they couldn't, insurance companies couldn't deny ABA services. And it looks like Medicaid may be a possibility there soon, too. So there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of traction. And I know there's so much excitement in the community. And I think we're, we're all rightfully so very excited about what this is going to mean from a, uh, an access point of view. And, you know, one thing I want people to be aware of as they're 
pointing out access, as they're, as they're advocating, as they're bringing up these issues, is to also maintain standards. And one of the things that I think we want to make sure to be aware of is that we not only want to fight for the access of Medi-Cal, but that Medi-Cal needs to adhere to standards. Too oftentimes, uh, different funding sources um, implement something and maybe don't have a full understanding of, of, of what is quality, what is the good programming, who should be authorizing these services, who should be providing these services. You know, things sometimes become afterthoughts. And too many times we have these great pieces of legislation that don't truly help the, the people they're meant to because maybe there are loopholes or, or clauses in it that don't include everyone, or maybe there's just not the right people in a place to actually provide that service. And that's something we've talked about on the show quite a bit. You know, Dan Shabani from the uh, California Association of Behavior Analysis you know, brought that up a number of months back. It's not always about the funding. It's about are there the right people and enough of them to do it? And the answer isn't always to lower our standards so we can get more, but to push for more people to meet a standard. And I think that's an important thing for us to keep in mind here is we've got to keep these standards. We've got to push for these standards and, and work to get everyone on the same page to, to meet those and to provide those. And I think that's an important thing, as, particularly as we look at insurance. You know, it's one of the, the rationales behind why there's different state laws about licensing behavior analysis or, or behavior analysts because it helps helps create a standard um, and a definition of of what is it that this child should be getting. You know, ABA is is quite broad, so let's define what is ABA. What are the standards we should be looking for? They're not always perfect, but they at least give us something. They give us a foundation to build off of, and I think that's going to be really important. You know, here in California, as we look at these standards and, and what is required um, and and what is really necessary. Um, and using that in, in really every state and every argument as we advocate. So each one of these wins in one location becomes the foundation of the next. And I can say that was literally the case here in California where it was the rulings in Louisiana actually laid the foundation for the rulings in California. And I'm sure the ruling in California will be the foundation for a ruling in another state and so on and so forth and kind of lead to a bit of a chain. And so now is really the, the perfect time to get out there and advocate and, and bring these issues up because I think now is probably the most in the last five years that I've been doing insurance and aware of this. It seems like everyone is the most receptive, the most willing and open to listening. You know, the, our voices have been heard, and now it's the time for us to really be able to, to spread a message and spread this um, desire for what our kids need and, and to educate people. So uh, now's the time, guys. I hope you guys all have a, a really good week, um, are able to uh, take a little bit of time to enjoy the tail end of the summer. It's, it's coming to an end, and, and some of you guys are probably already saying, no, it's over. <laughs> My kid is back in school. Um, so hopefully, you know, everyone's transitioning back into school or getting ready for their transition um, with the right resources and supports. 
If you have questions about transitions, anything we're talking about, insurance, uh, social rec, or, or whatever's on your mind, let us know. We're here at more info at autismtherapies.com. Um, and uh, also, love to hear what you guys are thinking on Facebook and, and social media because that's always a great opportunity for us all to chat. Hope you guys have a good one. Enjoy your weekend. Talk to you next time. Take care. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode of Autism Spectrum Radio. For additional information and resources about autism, visit www.autismtherapies.com. Please join us each week for a new episode or visit our archives to listen to and download previous shows. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.